Hello, everyone. Great to be live with you. With Trump expected, according to news outlets, to be turning himself into jail in regards to the Georgia election, now True the Vote is coming out with key election details related to the Georgia election. They did a very information-packed live stream on their locals today, and I'm going to play some key sound bites from that. Let me know if you can hear me okay. I was traveling and had to rearrange my sound system. Okay, so before I show the not very YouTube-friendly sound bites from Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, let me show you the Associated Press showing this preserves my YouTube channel before I dig into the details that YouTube doesn't like so much, but that are very important. Anyway, the Associated Press reporting today Donald Trump's bond is set at $200,000 in the Georgia case over efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Just to show you the actual indictment against Trump in this case, here it is. This is for racketeering and other things. Trump and 18 of his associates listed there. They are charged and accused of violation of the Georgia RICO Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. For the said accused individually and as persons concerned in the commission of a crime and together with unindicted co-conspirators in the state of Georgia, County of Fulton. Good grief. Uh, Will he actually go to jail? The media is saying he's actually going to be in jail, may get his first mugshot. This time, hard to believe. USA Today, though, reporting Trump will probably not be imprisoned if he's actually gets convicted in this. Now, this is his fourth indictment in just the past few months. First, it was the Manhattan district attorney accusing him in the Stormy Daniels case. The second was the classified documents, federal indictment. And then the third was another federal indictment. USA Today says it's similar to the Georgia case in terms of under underlying acts, both the Georgia case and the federal indictment surrounding the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are based on the view that Trump and his associates knew that there was no reasonable basis to challenge the 2020 election. Now, before we show Catherine and Greg real quick, I want to shout out USA Today because they are actually putting out the fact that this is very dangerous for our constitution. This, if If Trump is actually convicted in this case, this is a huge trampling over of the First Amendment. And USA Today actually spells that out. Headline, indicting Trump for knowingly false statements about election sets U.S. on dangerous path. So they're trying to prove that he he knew he was lying about Georgia, which first of all, I'm, I think it's clear to many that he was seeing indications that it appears he may have won Georgia. But even if he was lying, lies are protected by the First Amendment. So USA Today is spelling that out. Smith and his team have made history in the worst way, it says, by attempting to fully criminalize disinformation by seeking the incarceration of a politician on false claims that made during and after an election. The hatred for Trump is so all-encompassing that legal experts on the political left have ignored the chilling implications of this indictment. This complaint is based largely on statements that are protected under the First Amendment. It would eviscerate free speech and could allow the government to arrest those who are accused of spreading disinformation in elections. And as you'll hear from Greg and Catherine in True the Vote, in the soundbites I'm about to play, there were just so many 
questions and, a, and apparent blatant evidence that was being ignored by the Secretary of State that backed Trump up. So this is this is a pretty flimsy case. And I, I just do not see Trump losing this whatsoever. But this, as many believe, is being carried out to hurt his presidential election chances. Some on the right are already saying, well, I don't want to vote for a guy who's going to be in prison, so maybe I should pick another candidate. All right, really quick before we show Catherine and Greg's key soundbites, shout out to the sponsor of my coverage. A surging national debt is bullish for gold. The debt ceiling drama ended with nominal budget cuts and a shiny new credit card with no limit for the federal government. Bank of America senior analyst recently told the Wall Street Journal that big stock market rally will be followed by a big collapse. Are you prepared to protect your retirement savings for at least another year of the current administration? The time for gold is here. Demand is soaring. Let National Gold Group show you options for investing in precious metals like gold and silver in your retirement accounts and for direct delivery. Take advantage of the best deal in precious metals. Mention my channel, Ivory Hecker, and pay no fees when you roll over your IRA and invest your IRA or 401k into physical gold and silver. Qualified accounts will receive their lifetime fee waiver on rollovers through 2023. Call their number, which is down in my description, 888-617-5927. Get a free investor guide today. National Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer. 888-617-5927. Add the power of gold to your portfolio. Remember, there's always a risk of loss with any investment. All right, checking your comments. Uh, make sure you guys can hear me. Okay. Okay, and I know I've already gotten some comments from you guys about Catherine and Greg saying, you know, I just, I don't know about Greg. You know, one person said, he he hasn't actually disclosed the geolocation uh, data or all of the video footage. Well, they talked in their live stream today about the database that they have worked on putting together, and now it's out, it's live. They're adding key documents to it every day, and that is where all of those, you know, hours and hours and hours of raw video footage showing the corruption in Georgia are going to be on that database uh, in the coming weeks, I guess, um, for people to pour through themselves. As, uh, you know, we saw a few of those video clips in Dinesh D'Souza's Mules documentary. Well, their new database is called open.inc. That is open.ink is the website. And uh, they've already got a ton of Georgia evidence on there, which they talked about today, uh, which I'm sure Trump's lawyers will find handy. Here is Catherine and Greg in their live stream today talking about 67,000 votes that were cast in Georgia by apparent ineligible voters. Now, this was extremely easy for me to believe because of what I witnessed while covering Texas elections. But first, hear what they had to say. These were votes that were cast by ineligible voters. And then and then the election was certified and they were never checked by anyone. Not the counties, not the secretary of state, not the governor. And... And so now the reason it became so important to us over the last few days 
and we've known this, of course, and what Catherine will get into why we knew it, uh, and and how we knew that the Secretary of State knew. Um, but what they're saying about President Trump is that he should have listened to everyone. Their secretaries of state and governors and Bill Barr and you know all these people around him, all the sort of the demons and evil around him were saying, hey, hey, there's nothing to see here. There's no fraud. We counted them again and again and again. And there's all this other stuff. And then, of course, everybody was upset about the machines and there were so many things happening and whether they stopped counting or started counting or whatever. But in the end, when it came down to it, more than 67,000 votes were were cast by ineligible voters and counted and remained throughout. No one ever went back and looked at the 67,000. And they have that evidence up on their new site open.inc inc now when i was covering elections for fox in texas i was based in houston which is the third most populous county in america huge amount of voters there and secretary of state's office had actually put early votes up on its website showing who had cast their votes early when you go through that excel spreadsheet on the Texas Secretary of State's website, there were countless voters who voted without a voter ID. Now, granted, this this sounds like too much information Secretary's putting out. They did not put out who the people voted for, but it was very transparent in showing these are the names of people who've already voted. But you would see when you would sort by voter ID that there were endless people who had voted without a voter ID and every single one was vote by mail. And when you looked up these names, these were people who did not exist. They did not live in the County where they had voted. I forwarded this information as a Fox reporter back in 2020, I forwarded this information to the secretary of state's office press person who was my point of contact for the Texas secretary of state said, Hey, What's going on with this? Do you have details on why it appears ineligible people are voting in certain counties? Are these even real people? And he responded, oh, yeah, we'll look into it. Well, weeks turned into months. The election got certified and he never gave me an answer. I I kept emailing him. Hey, what's really going on here? Secretary of State's office completely blew off a very flawed election, even in Texas. And Democrats were confident they were going to turn Texas blue. And if they keep it up, they really will. They're getting close. But the fact that I witnessed that in Texas, a complete, apparently very negligent secretary of state, I can very easily believe that this also happened in Georgia. And that when they go through the state, that there were 67,000 extremely questionable ballots cast and that the secretary of state was made aware of it and did nothing because that's what I witnessed in Texas. And I kept telling my boss, Hey, can we report on this? I think people should know about these very strange flaws. You know, I wanted to report on it before the election because we had the early votes 
even after the November 3rd election, my boss still said, don't report on it, not until we get an official answer from the Secretary of State, which they never gave us. So we just had to bury that under the rug for, for the Secretary of State. Good old Fox. And I think this is what was happening in many states in Catherine Engelbrecht's breaking this down. Now, she explains why the voter rolls were such a mess, why it was so easy for ineligible people to vote. She explains right here. Before we got involved, or at least got involved in this particular chapter of the story, it starts in 2018. And this is, again, all covered um, by lawsuits uh, and the and the law, the legal briefs uh, in opening. But it starts in 2018 when Stacey Abrams ran for governor against Brian Kemp. And when she lost, she immediately said that the election had been stolen. And and the basis of her complaint was that she felt like the voter rolls, uh, having been cleaned prior to the 2018 election, uh, were were cleaned in such a way that it was racially biased. And and she sued the state to prevent further cleaning of the voter rolls. And so in 2019, verified action sued the state of Georgia to prevent them from cleaning their rolls. Now that lawsuit went lawsuit went from 2019 to 2021. In 2021, the state resumed its cleaning of the rolls to some extent, and um, you know they won the lawsuit, I should say, and and began again uh, in their way uh, cleaning the rolls. But for that 2019 to 2021 period, the rolls were not cleaned. And so we became aware of this. We, we sort of knew, uh, well, we knew that the Georgia rules were problematic. They were, they were not just, they were far more inaccurate than other states that we were looking at even coming into the general. But it was during the, elect- the during, in the after, in the immediate aftermath of the general, we still had, True the Vote still had the election integrity hotline and we were hearing just frustrations broadly from people. And, and one of the things that was repeated was, you know, just, comments that would be associated with inaccurate roles. And, and so we took a deeper look and realized that, you know, Georgia has a very unique, um, two different kinds of processes in their code that afford opportunities for citizens to engage in elector challenges. Uh, the first type is, is something that you do, you can do anytime as a, as a, as a registered voter in Georgia in finding ineligible records and submitting them to the county. Uh, and and that, that takes you down sort of one path. But then there's another path that is designed for those instances, instances like we found ourselves in, in the run-up to the runoff election of January 5th, 2021, very limited time, but it had become clear that the rolls were a mess. They had not been cleaned. Was there anything that could be done? And the answer was yes. Citizens could file elector challenges with the county and, and let me be very clear, those challenges were not, they didn't, they were not directed at voters. It was a very simple or should have been a very simple process where data was turned over by the, the elector who wanted, who was registered in the county and found ineligible records, turned those over to the county in which they were registered. That county could take a look at the, the requests for challenge. We got involved uh, helping to do this at scale, we're providing the tech to support ineligible records. So all of this should have been just digital transfers of files, very simple. And and in the scenario of a challenged voter, 
if a voter was challenged, and it was challenged based on reason using commercially um, licensed databases that show where people have acknowledged and, and moved permanently. So this is all done, you know, in the in the background, then presented to the counties. All of this should have, even though it was close to the runoff election, it was what was in December still should have been easily managed because it was a digital process and it should have been a very elegant system in which a voter could come in. If they were challenged, they show their ID, which you have to do in Georgia anyway. If the ID matched, then, you know, in the few percentage points that that might have been the case, um, they would have been able to vote. Otherwise, they vote provisionally. Nobody was denied their vote. Okay, how do we know then that Georgia and Georgia officials we're fully aware that the rolls weren't clean and that this was a problem. Okay. So now Greg Butson says this is the most important part is that the Georgia officials knew the secretary of state's office was well aware that the rolls were not clean. First of all, for the previous reason she, she mentioned due to a lawsuit in 2019, but also due to large numbers of Georgia residents having issues, witnessing anomalies, bringing it to their individual counties and through the vote, helping coordinate that while well, she wanted to give the secretary of state a heads up that these anomalies were out there so that he's not surprised by it. And she talks about that here. That every single person from Raffensperger to Bill Barr was telling, was telling President Trump, there's nothing to see here. This was the cleanest election in history. This was a great election. And they knew what Catherine's about to say. They knew it. He was right. He shouldn't have been charged with anything. They should be charged. President Trump was right for, for not listening to these, these assholes. Oh, well, you know. I knew I was going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, visitors. And for those of you that uh, are here regularly. I'm so uh, sorry. So, um, so anyway, here's what happened. And, and there was a, there was such a swirl of confusion and, you know, the term we use on in our team often is it, it was inorganic. It didn't make sense. Why was there so much confusion, so much obfuscation? Why, why weren't simple questions being answered? Why weren't simple documents available? What, what, you know, while while they while the state of Georgia was going through audits time and again and, and certifying and recertifying. And so, you would, you know, on one hand, it would appear that they were interested in evaluating uh, some aspect of, of, a, of an of an audit, some aspect of of a of a closer look. The basic blocking and tackling was was never addressed. And, and so here's how this breaks down. Um, when we decided, when True the Vote decided that we were going to uh, jump in and help the Georgia citizens who had reached out and said, you know, is there anything we, we can do? And we, we knew as a, as a matter of course that yes, there was, and it was not going to be easy, but it could be done. And so we pitched in and said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do a dive into these roles we will uh, enlist the help of expert teams and and their softwares, their accredited softwares that manage for and resolve for a correct ad uh, address. And we're we're going to create this this very streamlined process. 
but everything was so hot at the time, right? That I did not want for it to, um, Greg, you know, while you're listening to, well, you know what? That's fine. I'm going to leave it screen just like this. Um, I did not want it to be seen as an affront to the state. I, I really didn't. And so I reached out to the secretary, secretary of state's staff, including secretary Raffensperger and set a meeting to go and discuss the coming challenges. And what I said in that meeting, which was in, it's on the timeline, I think it was on or around December 10th or something like that. Um, within, I, I, within, I, day, within days of the federal certification. Right. I, 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 yeah, right. The federal certification had already happened. And now this is days later. And I'm in an office with Brad Raffensperger and his team. And I explain that that we are helping to support this project that Georgia citizens in counties across the state are participating in. And it has to do with the fact that the roles have not been cleaned. And around the conference table, heads were nodding like, yeah, the roles haven't been cleaned. We've been in this lawsuit. We, you know, their position was they couldn't do anything. And so here we go. And so I said, the reason I'm coming to you is because the number of ineligible records is so large that it is going to leave a mark. This is not a small thing. And we have done this at scale. We have, pre we have prepared these documents for every county in the state because to do it any other way would appear as though we were targeting, which we don't want to do. And so this is, the, this is where we're at. And I said the number uh, was over half a million until we began taking out uh, any, we tried to take out um, anything that appeared to be maybe on college campuses or military related. Not that those were any less ineligible potentially, but just to avoid the controversy, we're trying to get this as, as refined as we can. But I said, nonetheless, this list is still approximately 364,000 records to which Brad Raffensperger literally pulled out a piece of paper and a pen and started doing a bit of back of the napkin math and said, yeah, you know, 11 to 14% of Americans move every year. It's been two years. That's about right. DOP should have been doing this all along. So he admitted, Catherine, he admitted that the roles were dirty and he had just, just 40 days before conducted an election in Georgia and two weeks before certified the results of that election, knowing that there were potentially tens of thousands of ineligible voters that cast votes. Wow. That full live stream, which happened today between Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips of True the Vote is on Catherine's locals page, which I have linked down below. They live streamed for about an hour or so. And I just wanted to highlight some of the key sound bites from that today. They had great information on there. And again, they have dumped a ton of raw data onto their new database called open.inc. That is the website, open.inc. And I have linked that database down below as well. If you guys want to pour through, um, she mentions a timeline. That timeline is on the database. And, you know, she talks about how the Secretary of State was like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense that that many people would move and possibly vote across state lines. 
Um, I also interviewed a government official back in 2020 in Texas who said, yeah, we have an issue every year of people moving and, and double voting. Um, they would, you know, you might move from Texas to Georgia and then vote in both states. Or you have houses in multiple states and you can vote at every address. And now in Texas, when you can vote from a P.O. box, yeah, you can really, uh, everybody in USA can open a Texas P.O. box and vote now. So I have a lot of concerns about Texas, uh, just having analyzed the state where I live. Um, but she's talking about similar things that happened in Georgia. And, and in the case of Georgia, it made the difference on who won that election because Joe Biden won by about 11,000, uh, votes. That's it. Razor thin. So, you know, that's big stuff. Uh, and they just blew through and did not want to look at these challenges like, Oh, we'll do some quick recounts. You know, every legal vote was recounted. Were they really legal votes? Because you guys weren't double checking that they were when there's all kinds of evidence that they weren't. So looks like you recounted, um, some compromised votes to me. Anyway, just from my experience covering elections in Texas, this is just very real. This is not some conspiracy theory. (sighs) Elections and whether your vote really counts are are insanely critical. And the most important legislation that could have been passed is uh, bills that would actually fortify your vote, make sure that your vote counts. Um, And now with all the strange anomalies in Georgia and elsewhere, for Trump to be charged like this, it's, it's really, it's going to be hard for his prosecutors to actually win this because there's endless evidence. How about this new headline this year from CNN talking about headline, Georgia won't update vulnerable D software, those infamous D machines. Georgia won't update vulnerable D software until after 2024 election. Now CNN is coming right out. This article, June 14th of 2023, talking about, yeah, it turns out that those D machines were riddled with issues and Georgia's going to hold on to them until after the 2024 election. What the heck? It's just outrageous. It is outrageous. Don't allow yourself to be gaslit into thinking that Trump is somehow wrong in challenging this big lie that the election was perfect. It was the furthest thing from perfect. If you take a glance at any of this highly uh, censored evidence, the unfortunate thing is that mass censorship of actual evidence happened. But as a on the ground reporter in 2020, I was looking at raw data showing endless flaws in the election and having my own employer, Fox Corp, shut it down. So don't allow yourself to be gaslit 
into thinking that Trump deserves a charge like this, into thinking that your vote is even going to count. But we got to at least try. We got to at least vote in 2024. But you got to ask your state legislator to please pass some more fortified election laws that are going to protect your vote. Because right now, this whole voting system is such a mess. And the media and a lot of courts are all in cahoots to say that anyone who says it's a mess is a bad guy, that our election system is perfect. It's the first thing from it. Scary time to be alive. Just wanted to highlight these new details for you. I know a lot of people are weary about this whole election thing, but it's it really is critical to the future of our country. So I wanted to highlight it today. Uh, with that being said, um, checking your comments. Thank you guys so much for tuning in live. And we shall see if Trump actually goes to jail. I just can't imagine he's actually going to be behind bars. But they say he's going to be behind bars on Thursday. And now he'll at least get a mugshot taken. Uh, thank you, Ashes, for the comment. Remember to hit like. I appreciate it, you guys. Uh, YouTube has apparently been shadow banning me quite a bit. So any engagement with this video you can make helps my channel. Appreciate you, and let me know what you would like me to cover next. Talk to you later.